DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined right now by Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Riley, good morning. Yeah, it is a good, good morning. Good morning to you. Three 10-win teams, two conference champions, but one of them you got a little more invested in than the other. You're feeling awesome right now. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we just could have beat San Diego State by one more touchdown on the road, perhaps, you know, against the top 25 team, perhaps we could have got put into the top 25. But you know what? We're all right. We're okay, you know? I mean... You know, San Diego State had like 15, you know, all-conference players, coach of the year, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're okay. We're okay with that kind of stuff. But, but we does, just go ahead and we just take care of our business. Doesn't that scream we're little if we complain about that? Oh, well, no, I was just I was just pointing out the facts. That was right, but you were doing it in a, complain, a complaining manner. I mean, come on, let's speak truth here, RJ. Come on. We're the little guy. I mean, we, don't get any, we don't get any respect. Bleep them. We don't need no, we don't need your respect. We don't need your stupid conference honors. We're the big dog. Look at us. That's you people got that all I've been reading that all weekend. You're worried about oh, some Joe Blow made all conference and Max uh, McGillicuddy didn't. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you're gonna treat us like Rodney Dangerfield, we're gonna right. keep punching you in the face. You know, it kinda bothers us. It, it gets under your skin after a while, you know, you get you get told your little brother your whole life, and then you punch people in the face. They don't even recognize that you're good. Right, but you know, that's like, how you crap. respond how to being to told. Beat? That's how you how respond. Many, how many times do we have to beat you down before you shut your mouth? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Don't we'll complain see about it, man. That's me. You're well, feeding have, into the system. I already, I already have something to complain about. Don't worry about me. Worry about you. We worry about our stuff. We take care of our house. That's all you need to know. We're taking care of our business. When you're the big dog, you don't need to tell anybody. Everybody recognizes it. Believe me, I look in the mirror every day. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know... I went and rolled around in the uh, in the leaves on Saturday after our win because you told us we were going to get rolled, and I just wanted to make sure I knew what it felt like to get rolled because you told us we were going to get rolled. But, you know, we're good. We're good. We're all good, right, guys? We're all friends still, even though the Aggies are good? No, we never liked you in the first place. I, I submitted my <laughs> humble apology before the game was oh. over. Oh, PK, PK, PK. You didn't do anything publicly. You didn't do anything publicly. I just, I did it to you. I didn't offend the public. I just offended you. I'm just saying, but you did it publicly. I mean, you flogged me last week publicly. And oh, then whatever. All quiet, you like flogged. a You're. This is your greatest hour, and all you're doing is playing the victim. You're feeding into the little guy syndrome. <laughs> well, he's bitter. You ought to recognize that emotion. Yeah. I yeah, mean, but that's that on, is not win or lose. That's a good point. You know, it's funny <laughs> because, too. I mean, if you if, if you really want to get down to a PK, I mean. You scolded me early in the year for not being all in on 10 wins. You converted me. Then 
you all you did was build me up to like cut me down again, try and cut my feet off from under me. Like, there's no way you're going to be standing up. I mean, they run for one billion yards a game. I know, but my guy here, he's, he sat on his granddad's lap. If I get, I if know. I lose him, I lose employment. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Who's playing the victim okay. now? Jeez. You know what? You know what? You did it for DJ. You yeah. DJ oh, whatever. Yeah. He sat on his granddad's lap watching Brian Sipe. Sadly, I didn't, but not that old. I wasn't going to games for Brian Sipe. I don't know. I don't even know what he played. Although that was a fun, that was a fun number 17 from the Cleveland Browns reference. That yeah, it was, it was. That was fun. So the key to the game was what we talked about last week with you. Can they throw the ball? They'd only lost one game. Fresno had thrown for 306 yards. Bonner throws for 318, four scores, and there is the win. Well, I, to be honest with you, I thought I thought that Utah State was going to be able to do some of that stuff offensively just because they, they've been doing it against a lot of good teams as far as throwing the football. I think the most impressive thing, and, and this was the thing that you talked about, is just the, the ability to get off the field defensively. I mean, I would... I was of the thought, and I was I was chatting with some other like Utah State people. I'm like, hey, we got to get two or three stops so that we, you know, so that we can really like kind of take advantage of the passing game because I, I really thought we could score like 28 to 35 points, you know, but the way the defense played, I mean, they were lights out, they were energetic, they were flying around the football field, and it was interesting just watching the game to realize how much San Diego State had really won because they had used they, they were used to being ahead and those those uh personal foul penalties did not help them at all. Um you and I had talked about it. I said well they're kind of like Air Force if we can get up on them, mm-hmm. you know, it it changes some things and it really did. I I really felt like that changed some things. And so it was I mean as a Utah State fan, if you if, if you're watching that game and that wasn't just absolutely thrilling to watch them beat San Diego State, who is a really good team. And I, I didn't hear the cheers, but I hope I, – I, I hate the cheer where everyone's like overrated, overrated, because I don't think San Diego State was overrated. I hope, I hope we weren't doing that. But that was just a great win. That was a great win for the program. That was a great – it was just a, an amazing thing for the program. And, and, and like we said last week when I started getting a little chippy with you guys, it's like we – Really, we thought maybe four wins, right? Six wins, maybe the ceiling. And I was in with you guys, so I, I can't, I can't take credit that I was saying like, "Hey guys, you guys, you have no idea what you're talking about. We're going to win ten games, right?" That that's just a that's just an amazing story. It's an amazing story of of going from what one and five, where they where they they decided as a team not to play a game last year, and then to turn around and go ten and three. Win, win the conference championship, and then they're playing in the inaugural LA Bowl, which is going to be really fun. I mean, they get to play in SoFi Stadium, they get to play in LA where the Rams and the Chargers play. They get to play against a Pac-12 team, a team with a name, or at least a little bit of a name, right? Like I know Oregon State's on the come up, but it's at least a Pac-12 team. And uh, you know, I'm sure everybody will be saying that they can't beat them either because they run the ball. But I, I wouldn't bet against the Aggies right now. I would. <laughs> I know you would. Keep doing it. Keep doing it because we don't need you. We don't need Good, you. We don't need your approval. Then we're both happy. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm starting to think now when you hire a coach, forget about his staff. Yep. See how many transfer players he can bring. Well, isn't that, I mean, isn't that an interesting thought? I mean, how much, how much has like college free agency just changed everything? I mean, what is the number? I, I, I heard him saying it on TV, but I think it's like 15 transfer players. And they all had an impact. I mean, you look at the quarterback and the receiver had an impact. The middle linebacker had an impact. I mean, they're all from Arkansas State, little Arkansas yeah. State, you know. And, and it, wasn't like, it wasn't like people were going, oh, well, the Aggies are going to win the Mountain West Conference Championship because they got these transfers from Arkansas State. But, but he knew that they were good players. He knew that they would fit in with the players that were going to be there. And, uh, I mean, I think, listen, I, I think you guys have talked to coaches, you know, offline. So have I. The, the portal has changed everything. It has changed everything. And it's going to be really interesting to me going forward to, to know what you do if you have a high school athlete to actually get him recruited. Because you're thinking, well, you know, maybe we could go to Utah State. They don't have a quarterback right now. There's a little bit of an opening there. And, you know, the way that you used to look at it is where are we a good fit? Where's an offense that's a good offense for us? And I think that's all still relevant. But now you got to go, well, okay, but who are they bringing in from the transfer portal? And when do they bring them in? Because it matters, right? right? Yeah. And, I mean, you look at somebody like – so you look at somebody like Jackson Dart, who's played – I mean, look, he's played really, really good football this year. He had to play a meaningless game on Saturday night. And, and got dinged up a little bit, and I, I'm kind of frustrated about that situation. But when, when, when you look at somebody like him who's been playing as well as he has as a freshman, they bring in Lincoln Riley, he could be bringing in two quarterbacks to replace Jackson Dart. And Jackson Dart, by all measures, could be um, maybe top four, top five in his whole um, age group as far as like draft class goes. And he might have to be making tough decisions here in the next few weeks. And I, so I just think this whole thing, it, it changes everything. It changes everything. Yeah, but you can't blame a coach for doing it because you go through with injuries, you can play two or three quarterbacks in a year. So even if you like a guy who's there, you can't afford not to bring in a second guy. You may need him. And then these guys change schools. You have no idea. Utes get to bring a quarterback in. He doesn't even stay. Oregon brings a quarterback in. He stays, but he's not good enough to win the conference. And Utah State brings a quarterback in, and he is good enough to win the conference. I know. And I, look, you're just talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. It's not with every other position either. I mean, it, it, this thing has changed everything. It's, it's free agency for college football. It, it will make a difference every single year. I don't know a coach right now who's not like looking at the portal all the time. And this includes in every sport. I mean, we're talking about basketball. We're talking about, I was talking to a volleyball coach the other day and he's like, yeah, there's, check this out. There's, there's nine other people right now in the transfer portal, right? Just, just this morning since I looked last, right? And they look at it, they observe it. And I, one of the questions that I was asking the other day was, so how do you, what do you do for character reference? Because, you know, it used to be back in the day when you transferred that you were kind of damaged goods, right? Like, I mean, 
let's be honest about it. Like, we all kind of looked at it like, well, why wasn't he good enough to play at Arizona State? Why is he transferring to this school? Or why, why, why is he transferring from here? We all kind of had that mindset, and I don't think that's the mindset of the coaches anymore. And as I was talking to them, I mean, they did have some checkpoints as to how to figure out whether this person is um, a character kid or not or if the story lines up. And then the other thing that this coach was telling me is that he'll call the coach. He'll just call the head coach and go, hey, what's, what's the real story? Give me all the dirt. Give me, give me everything that I need to know. You know what I mean? And he goes, and a lot of times it's negative, and I just have to try and sift through it, right? So it's, it's interesting. It is so fascinating. And I still feel like we're kind of the wild, wild west as far as it goes right now. Like, I don't, I don't think we even know how it's all going to settle out. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. Uh, I think that as you have that situation, you just got to go with it and take each one as it can. Uh, We've had this conversation on our show, the three of us, the image of Utah and quarterbacks and all this stuff. And, you know, they got another kid, the two kids from California that they put their stock in high school-wise. They don't even take a snap before they leave. Uh, with the success they've had this season, they still don't throw the ball a thousand times for sure by any stretch, so you're not going to put up on gaudy numbers. But it's about winning, and they've been winning at the highest level, and they dominated. I mean, they went 9-1 and one in, in conference. It's more just about as well, as good as you can ask for, I think. With that in mind, is the door wide open now for them, whether it's transfer portal or however they get the talent now? to be able to almost be in a position of pick and choose who they want? Are you talking about for, for Utah State? No, Utah. Because, you know, how we've oh, spoken. How we've spoken. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, I just was trying to shift gears with you. Um, the I don't, know, I don't know if it's wide open. I mean, certainly the quarterback position, like everybody's going to be waiting to see what Cam Rising does eventually, right? Like I think. I think he's somebody that's going to have a chance to play in the NFL, no question about it. Um, does he come out after his junior year, right? And and I know that there's certain rules for how long you have to play. I think you have to play to your junior year before you can come out. But um, you, you look at it and you just say, okay, so what? What is this? What is this going to look like at the quarterback position? And and it has been a little bit more wide open this year than it has been in the past, and I, I almost feel like Kyle's been a little bit more willing to, to deal with an interception here and there because they're playing so well offensively. Uh, I don't think that they have the pick of the litter. I don't think it's wide open because I think you need another couple years of this to be able to say, okay, they've, they've really changed their M.O. Because I think before this, and I, and I have not been critical of Kyle on this because he has been winning division championships without quarterbacks, without great quarterback play, without even trying to really throw the ball. But I think this was the perfect example of what we all thought could happen if they had a quarterback that could throw the ball and if they opened up the offense a little bit. And so, I mean, how impressive were those wins for the University of Utah? Two wins over Oregon where they score, what, 17 points in two games? And the Utes are just, I mean, they're just manhandling that team. They, they win the conference. They go to the Rose Bowl. Man, it's, dude, I, I'll, I'll be honest, and I tweeted out on Saturday, I, listen, BYU, Utah, Utah State winning these 30 games. I mean, you, you cannot – You, I don't know that this is ever going to happen 
in my lifetime again. I mean, this is a lot of winning football in the state of Utah. And I know it's good for your guys' job. And I know it's good for ratings. And I know it's good for all those things. But how about just if you're a fan? Like, I hope everybody's just sitting around and just enjoying these three teams, what they've done this year, and enjoying their favorite local player that makes big plays on TV week in and week out that makes them feel proud to support their team. This is... This is a this is an unbelievable season. This is a dream season for the state of Utah as far as football goes. I agree with all of that, and the 30 wins is a lot of wins, and it is a lot of winning. I want to go back to what you said about Kyle, though, putting up a lot of interceptions. I'm, I'm not convinced he has. Rising's thrown five picks in ten games. I think that's, that's pretty good. Five picks in 298, almost 300 attempts. So no. basically one pick every no. 60 attempts. That's, that's not a big number. So... No, to me, it was a willingness—a willingness to be okay with it. Right? Okay, like I see I, what you're saying. He was willing to risk right? it, even though he never really had to suffer through that many right. picks. Okay, and then the other thing is, right. you think Cam Rising is is an NFL guy? How much does it change the recruiting pitch for youth coaches when they can say, well, "We got two quarterbacks in the NFL. If you want to come here, you'll go to the, you can go to the NFL. Whether you're a defensive back, a defensive lineman, an offensive lineman, a quarterback, or a tight end, or a running back." I, I mean, I think it changes the picture, no question. And I, and I think if Cam Rising, which, which for all intents and purposes, when we're watching him, I mean, I, I assume that he'll have another good year next year. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to start reading his press clippings and, and fall off, you know, fall off in performance next year. Seems like a guy that has it put together and, and is going to be really solid. And you, you put together two good years like that for Cam Rising or three good years, then he goes to the NFL now you've got, you know, a, a kind of a an outline or a blueprint for like what the Utes can do offensively. And now, now quarterbacks start going. Well, geez, man, they've been to the Rose Bowl. They're 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 producing college quarterbacks or pro quarterbacks. They've got they've got one in the NFL. They've got another one in the NFL. I think I think BYU. I think Jaron Hall goes to the to to the league, and I think he he plays for a few years in the league. I look. I've been a big proponent for the fact that that players in the state of Utah are really good football players. BYU seems to be doing it with local quarterbacks. Right now it looks like Utah does it with quarterbacks from out of state. I don't know if that changes or not. I don't know if maybe the style that they play maybe attracts some young talent that's coming up and coming through. But um, this is just really fun. This is just really fun to watch. And, you know, I don't think I don't think Logan Bonner, and, and this isn't because I don't think he's an unbelievable like college quarterback. I'm I'm not sure that he has the NFL type body or type looks to get drafted, but certainly he's an unbelievable college quarterback. And how fun is it for a quarterback from the state of Utah or even you know in neighboring states to come in and play in that offense? I mean, that's a really fun offense to watch and play in. So you're looking at three teams right now that I think these seasons are going to set them up to be successful for years to come. Now, can we predict 10 games a year for each one of those teams for the next five years in a row? No. But could we see that, that each one of those teams, maybe every other year or maybe every two years, has a 10-win season? Why not? This is, this is a really, really good season to build upon if you're Utah State, Utah, or BYU. Well, Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Congratulations on the W and another trip to L.A.
yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to play against Oregon State. I mean, I know the Utes couldn't beat them, and nobody will think that Utah State can beat them, but I'm calling it W right now. I'm calling it right now. Utah State wins that game. When you calling it? Right this second. Right here, <laughs> right now, PK. Okay. Let me be clear. <laughs> Thank you, Riley. Talk to you guys soon. All right, there's Riley Jensen, our college football insider. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. We will talk roses with him coming up at 9 o'clock. When is he going to predict it, PK? I believe right he now. Did. Yeah, he's excited. Way to go. I'd be excited too. Why not? If you're a fan like that, just run with it. They're going to go down there and get another W. That'd be awesome. I'll be pulling for him. Week from Saturday, BYU and Utah State will get both their bowl games in early. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined right now by Rod Rex, LendRightMortgage.com, here to talk to you about mortgages and the rules of the game are changing. Yeah, with the new low limits now, you can go on a conventional loan up to $647,200, and that's an increase of almost 100000 over last year's limit. The good thing is you don't have to wait till January 1 with LendRight Mortgage. You can actually lock and close that loan in the month of December at those higher loan limits. So if you're currently on a jumbo loan, uh, we can now get you into a conventional loan at a lower rate. So now's the time to act while rates are still excellent. So the rates are excellent, but they are supposed to be changing. So for people who want to use their equity, remodel, consolidate debt, get money to invest or make major purposes, uh, you got to get going, huh? Yeah, definitely. Time is of the essence with uh, inflation coming in at 30-year highs and the Federal Reserve set to stop buying the mortgage-backed securities that they've been buying since March of 2020. You definitely want to lock your rate now. One example of a client we helped last week, we were able to consolidate all of his debt into just one lower overall monthly mortgage payment, uh, reduce his payment by about $600, and set him on track to pay his mortgage off five years sooner than he otherwise would have. So definitely you want to lock in those rates now because rates are definitely going up in 2022. So you got a low rate guarantee. Explain to people about that. Yeah, one of the best things is with LendRight Mortgage, we're not your actual lender. We're an independent mortgage broker. So we can actually shop the premier mortgage lenders in the country, and all of those lenders pay us the exact same amount. So we have no incentive other than to find each of our clients the absolute lowest rate and fees. With our volume discounts with these lenders, we're able to get discounted rates that we can just pass on to our clients. And so that's why we offer a $1,000 lowest rate guarantee. We guarantee there's no lender out there, bank, credit union, online lender. Nobody can beat our rates and fees. If you want more information, you can get a hold of Rod at 801-APPROVE. 801-APPROVE or online at LendRightMortgage.com. LendRightMortgage.com. Thanks, Rod. Appreciate it. 
This is unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. So here's my question to you. Are the Jazz like a 3-4-5 team that can't beat beat a really good basketball team? Or are the Jazz a team... They can beat, they've beaten really good basketball teams. No, no, teams. no. They've I'm, lost the bad not, ones. I'm not talking about... You're it, talking about in the playoffs. I'm talking about in the playoffs. Mm. I'm not totally convinced of the Utah Jazz. That is unbelievable! Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Guys, Mickey Couture wants to help you help out this holiday season with a perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George, mention Zone 50, and save 50%. It's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. Just had Riley on, talking about a lot of winning in the state of Utah. Three 10-win teams in the same season. It's got to be a just banner for TV people, right? You'll love the happy news. And this, you can't get any happier than this. When your team loses, you tend not to turn on the highlights to see them lose again and listen to the coach explain why they Especially lose. Especially for you with the Utes winning. When they win... I mean, especially different. the Utes. Because I saw you going to have a little go back and forth with folks on Twitter. And this one guy tweeted out... DJ was seen with his kids at Utah Spring Game in Ute gear. Mm-hmm. So having the Utes go to the Rose Bowl for you, it's going to really soften the blow of the Aztecs losing. Totally. I mean, you you and your kids showed up Utah Spring Game in Ute gear. Well, we didn't. It says right here. I know. It says lots of things. I'm looking at it right here. I know. Well, you did. It, we went D, to the, DJ we, was seen with his kids at a Utah spring game in Ute gear. We went to the Ute game, saw the last three plays of the spring game, got in, sat down, and ended, coming straight from the kids' soccer game. He was in his soccer uniform. He was like seven years old. This is a long time ago. It was a big deal when it happened. You remember it. That you showed up in Ute gear? I didn't show up in Ute gear. Then why would I remember it? Why was it a big deal? Because we talked about it at the time. <laughs> what did we talk about? That I wasn't in Ute gear, but people were saying I was in Ute gear. Exactly <laughs> what we're doing right now. I just don't. We could have taped that segment. I don't. No, I first right didn't. I didn't see it until right now. <sighs> you thought you had some innocuous thing about Lincoln Riley not wanting to go to the uh, SEC, and it turned out that they viewed it as ripping the Pac-12. Yes. <laughs> You you avoid controversy at all costs on Twitter. Got yourself in a little bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> not the first time, not the last. Oh, it will be. No, no but it but it was it was inadvertent. I mean, you don't do it deliberately, though. That's the funny thing. No, I leave that up to you. <laughs> and you still did it because you thought you were being clever. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's clever. And I you think got it's your true. hands dirty. It's true. I don't think it's clever. What's true? So, but then. Brian Kelly wanted the SEC? It's not true. Oh, Brian yeah, Kelly's did. a man, and Lincoln Cut Riley isn't. That's what you're saying. Brian Kelly got offered the cash in the SEC and took it. The cash. And LSU is fully equipped to getting their hands dirty in the SEC. And, and Oklahoma winning. isn't? Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced Oklahoma is. What? Oh my gosh. I'm convinced every single one who plays big time football is, has, and will be. <laughs> That's the now only the way SEC, you're going to get so, it done. So, why is the SEC winning at a higher rate? 
Because the brothers all live down there, my friend. That's where the think, recruiting base is. You don't, think, you don't think it has anything to do with uh, money and willingness to cheat? Of course. Everybody has it. Yes. What, what made you think that I said that they wouldn't be willing to do that? Clearly, they're all willing to do it. They would sell their souls for it. That's beyond. How would you possibly think that I didn't think that? Every single team that wins is willing to cheat. And willing to spend as much money as they possibly can. Now, place A, as much money as they possibly can, may not be as much money as available as place B. You know, there's There's pecking orders. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Apparently, like Oregon. You don't think they're willing to cheat and spend as much money as they possibly can? Of course they are. We've seen that. I believe every team that wins is willing to do that. He's got an either easier path at USC, and he's sitting right in the mother load. He's not going into Texas with everybody else in the SEC and trying to pull kids out. What, what, what makes him different than Clay Helton, Lane Kiffin, Steve Rossi? Uh, maybe, possibly nothing will. I mean, we'll see well, if he I, wins. How's or, it an, it doesn't isn't win. an easier path? Sure it is. Then why hasn't it been done? If it's such an easier path, why hasn't well, it, it been it done in 15 years? Oh, it has been done. It hasn't been done by the last three full-time coaches. But if it's so yeah. easy, then wh- it can't be that easy or else it would be done. These three dudes, believe me, they know football. Right, but being a, a head coach is about more than knowing football. There's Lane a lot Kiffin of people know just football. won freaking 10 games at Ole Miss. Right, but it's 10 years of hard lessons later also. I mean, is he a better coach now than he was then? Has he been learning all this time? Uh, you'd have to ask him. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's an outrageous <laughs> assumption. I don't know either. We're not around him all the time, nor are we going to be. Yeah. I, I, I don't think any job is easy. You make it easy by getting the recruits, by getting people to give them stuff as to why they want to come to your school. Come on. <laughs> I think Oklahoma competing with... LSU and Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and Florida in the SEC is harder than being at USC and competing in the Pac-12. That's not what Especially you said. Especially if Cristobal leaves. It's an easier oh, path. Christ, he's, he, what has he done? Well, he's won the league. He's won 10 games. I mean, he hasn't so then, done what Lincoln Riley has then, done. Okay. So even if he stays, Lincoln Riley... Could beat him. I mean, it's not dependent on that. Why worry about but, o- Oregon? Worry about a team in your South division. Because what, yeah. yeah, whatever Cristobal's done, Whittingham's done. done right. So why would I be worried about Cristobal? I can't. I'm not beating Utah. Those are the. Those are the. Only two profit teams. not having honor in our own country here. <laughs> I mean, this guy. This guy constantly gets overlooked as one of the best coaches in the game because he doesn't trumpet himself and he's not out there making outrageous statements and whatnot. It'd be interesting to see if Lincoln Riley thinks or what he said. Matt, will say that again. Multiple reports out there. Manny Diaz has been fired. Yeah, multiple Miami. reports had uh, Cristobal accepting the job yeah. yesterday. I mean, and and here Josh Newman of the Tribune goes, "You have to identify yourself." And and Kyle says to him, "I know who you are. You don't have to identify yourself." <laughs> but but he's not out there patting himself on the back, creating "look at me" type of stuff. And Lincoln Riley, I'd be petrified of this guy. Coming to SC is no easier. What, what the hell is Brian Kelly won? Who, who's won anything in that conference outside of Nick Saban? Well, 
LSU won a national He's championship. Gone. I said who, not what. I said who. Well, then who, the people are gone. But yeah. The, but LSU has won national championships with three straight coaches. They have a ton of And they of all get fired. That's a true story. So go to a job. Notre Dame, you're the winningest coach ever. And he's put together a You had a, a lifetime of, deal. Yeah, he's put together a bunch of 10 and 11 win seasons there. Lots of double-digit win seasons. Riley coming here, I mean, does he even think that, well, and Cristobal may be gone in minutes, does he even think that the two coaches who are having the most success in this league are even going to be in this league in a year or two? Is he going to be in this league in a year or two? <laughs> I think he'll be there in a year or two. Yeah, you Will he be here in five? I don't know. And you're right, the coaching carousel, who's to say? We've seen bizarro stuff just this offseason. Yeah, I, exactly. I... I I don't think he ran from anything. You could argue he ran to something, an easier path. I mean, it wasn't like he was going to quit at Oklahoma if this doesn't come open, but if USC calls you and offers you all that money and you look at the state of the Pac-12 and you look at all the recruits, you draw a little circle one or two hours around the SC campus. So you think Rilligan Rise, that's easier there? There So I'm going to take the easy way? Because if he took the easy way, I wouldn't want him. There are plenty of reports to say he didn't think Oklahoma should be going to the SEC. So, assuming that I, that reporting I, I is... I have no idea. But we only know what we read. We're not... I mean, we could have Barry Trammell on. Next I time we have Marlon, we can ask I assume reporting is accurate. We can have Barry on. I mean, your, your, your you hero... Barry is. W- 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 Whittingham better retire. Because your hero, Wilner, wrote... He's that, not my hero. ...that he's retiring. If he goes to the Rose, but where the hell's the announcement? Maybe he's right. But he wrote. Yes, he did. And I had three conversations with people on the field Friday. And? What are you, nuts? <laughs> <laughs> These are the good old days. So unless he pulls a Bronco and surprises everybody. Uh, yeah, I don't think... Well, there's wrong. Kyle then. doesn't need to redefine, redefine, and re-energize, and refocus, and light a butane lighter. He's just going out coaching football. And he's having the best time now. He just went through the pandemic and the death of two players, and it was a really, really hard time. And now they're winning, and it seems like everybody up there is really They've happy. been winning for years. Yeah, but they're winning at a new level now. They upped it this year, yeah. Yeah. But I mean to say, well, add winning at a new level. But don't just don't tell me they're winning because they've been winning for a good long while. Eleven and one and ten and three in the last two full. The guy doesn't get any, not any. He doesn't get near the credit that he should. Oh, you uh, wait a minute! Oh, get out of town! You told us a million times he gets more respect than anybody. That everybody nationally writes stuff about him, writes it positive. He knows how to talk I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about there. I'm talking about here. You just said it. Oh, my gosh. If Cristobal leaves, Lincoln Riley's got a clear path. You said it two minutes ago. I accept your apology (laughs) on behalf of the Whittingham family. I accept you just said it. Don't backtrack because you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can, (laughs) but you can do it inaccurate. You just told me if Cristobal leaves, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but you walked into this, didn't he, Every time time Utah wins, which is every week, it's treated like the greatest thing nationally because Utah shouldn't be winning. And they keep winning, they keep keep saying great things about Kyle, but there's no expectation that they're going to do it again. 
Oh, but there's tons of pats on the back because when he they're does they're it. ignorant. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us okay, but here. Lincoln's making the decision. What I said about Lincoln, he's making the decision from there. He's not making it from here. It's two different things. In your mind, I'm sure it is. But you, but but yet he can make it on Cristobal leaving. I've got a clear path. What freaking disrespect is that for the guy that just won the conference championship and did it 76 to 17? And Lincoln Riley is worried. You, it, the words Riley. coming out of your mouth is an abomination. Lincoln Riley looks at Utah the way he looked at Oklahoma State. That's a good program, then he and I can beat and it. and you are both idiots. And I can beat it. That's what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking. You, somehow you know what he's thinking. He's, he's I mean, you, right 50, now, he's 55 if I were you, 10. I would put the shovel down and quit digging. Because the hole is getting deeper and deeper. And right now, I feel all sorts of sorrow for you. I really don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up, Nick Ford's going to join us. And you know what everybody's thinking minutes. these days. Nick Ford's going to join us in 15 minutes. You're the amazing Kreskin. Right here on the Zone Sports <laughs> Network. The new Zone lineup is here. Give it up, give it up, With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? T backfield, Utes rush four, Brown straight back, and it's picked off! It's Lloyd! Headed for the end zone! Pick six! Devin Lloyd! There's the Chevy strong play of the game. Devin Lloyd's pick six to put the Utes up 14 to nothing in the Pac-12 title game. Know that today. Unrivaled. Coming up at 4.50, that is your chance to win fabulous prizes. Want to know more about what people are thinking, PK? No. Okay, fine. What would you like to know about? <laughs> I want to know what you're thinking. What are they thinking about? Relative to what? What are people thinking about the Utes' place in the college football universe? How is the brand going to be recognized now when the Utes are out recruiting? Because everybody's out recruiting. Kyle did his, uh, did his uh, teleconference call to promote the Rose Bowl uh, yesterday uh-huh. and said he was out recruiting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. And this is, you know, everybody else. Uh, we had uh, Blake Anderson on last week. And, yeah, we're a week behind in recruiting, but you want to be playing. And you just tell people, hey, we're playing. We'll be there. So I assume he's out recruiting right now, too. Oh, yeah, all yeah, the coaches who are in the yeah. conference title games are all playing catch-up with all the conference rivals who weren't in the conference title game and were already out recruiting. Yeah. And so to the point that Utah's winning, get respect, and yet you don't have the brand name that's been sitting around for 25, 50, 75 years – collecting championships and winning big games on TV with everybody watching. So are the Utes now Wisconsin, Michigan State, but not Michigan and Ohio State in terms of brand? Are they Oklahoma State and Baylor, but not Oklahoma and Texas in terms of brand? Well, I think the brand relates to your money that you spend. And how much you win. Well, they go hand in hand. Far more often than they don't. 
So I look at it, your budget. What's your athletic budget? What's your football budget? Where do you fit on that scale? Yeah, we see athletic budgets. We don't usually see football budgets broken out. I guess my assumption, and now I'm way out on the limb, it would be easy to saw this limb off behind me, is that they're winning more. <laughs> do that. That they're winning more than their budget would suggest. Yeah, and I think. It's my assumption that, my, that if we. Go ahead. That they're sixth, seventh, or eighth, or ninth, somewhere in there in the Pac 12 in terms ooh, of finances. Ooh, ooh, you think ooh, they're higher ooh, than that? Way higher, yes. They were like number one in recruiting. But you were talking budgets. I'm talking football expenditures. Oh, you're, oh, you're talking number one in recruiting budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Now, that doesn't include SC and Stanford because they're private. Mm-hmm. No public university in the conference spent more cash, cash. on recruiting okay. than the U of U. So you think they're top third then? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you get the results without the cash. When I said 6th through ninth, I'm going mostly off USA Today gets those receipts. But you're right, there was a story about recruiting budgets. And I was thinking more of like the overall athletic department expenditures. Which you do need to break football out of that. Yeah, I don't know what they're paying for tennis relative right. to what, what everybody Cal's else paying is. And, for tennis. and other sports, other yeah. schools might have more sports and blah, right. blah, blah. Right. And yeah. they might be putting more in, Arizona might be putting a ton of money in basketball. Right. So I'm talk, I think that there's a direct correlation. I think if you would look at it, you know, and it doesn't correlate the highest expenditure is the number one, but I think that certainly minimally. But number nine doesn't usually end up number one, yeah, and number yeah, yeah. one doesn't usually end up number 10. Off the top of my head, I think that only Texas is not getting its return. And hasn't, for whatever reasons, I mean, I'm not Maybe, close to the situation. Yeah, not but Texas would be the best example. Maybe a Florida State would be close. But they have... For so many years, and Florida State was like ranked in the top five for so many years in a row, or something. So they have over over time. My guess is they'll all get it back to to one degree or another. But Utah puts a lot of money in it, and they're getting a, 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 right now. They're probably getting the best return on their investment that they could possibly get. You know, and good for them. Three conference title games, and now a conference title. Yeah, as you just said, these are the best of times. I think they're much better than 04 and 08. And 04 has been surpassed by Cincinnati. They're the first BCS team, the non-BCS team or whatever it was to get in a BCS Bowl. That doesn't matter any anymore. Most people think it's Boise anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all old news. <laughs> yeah. It's all old news. The, the rules have changed. The playoffs, the thing, not the BCS. I mean, even the lingo's changed. Right, And I right, think right, what right. we're going to see with BYU, and this was a point earlier this morning about it would be cool if you were in the Fiesta Bowl right now instead of the Independence Bowl, but once you join a Power Five, everything that came before doesn't really matter anymore. Everything resets to zero, mm-hmm. and you start over. And the Utes have definitely felt that in the Pac-12. And I think BYU is going to feel that. And I think the BYU coaches, especially the ones who have Utah in their background and went through it, are anticipating feeling that same thing again. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. It's all brand new, and everything will be measured from right then. 100%. BYU is not going to get knocked by going to the Shreveport Bowl this year. If they had no hope of getting beyond that in the next... uh, recruiting five-year cycle, right. I think that would be hit against them. But every kid they're recruiting now, particularly if they're a Latter-day Saint going on a mission, is being recruited to the Big 12 
And even if they're not, and if they're not a, they're it's either not one year of eligibility yeah, or yeah. a redshirt year. Yeah, right. And then you're a Big Twelve kid anyway. So, so there's no. I know it sucks for BYU right now today. But there are better days on the horizon if you earn that. So I don't think that, and BYU guys are, uh, uh, they got to practice, but for the recruiting, I don't think they're going to take a hint, a hit, I should say, at all that you're going to the Shreveport game and the Utes are going to Pasadena because your time is coming. That's why, the, 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 that's, to me, the Big 12 softens the blow big time because it's all about recruiting, as Kyle has told us a million times. And they, as they're selling their product and they have a lot to sell, they're not going to take a hit. Because they're going to get in here in in what fourteen games. DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in Rod Rex right now from Lend Right Mortgage. Rod, you got a freedom loan. Explain to people what that is and how it could work for them and their family. Yeah, pretty simply, the freedom loan is absolutely one of our most popular loans. Simply put, it's a loan that gives you a rate that's as low as or lower than other lenders will give you. And we cover 100% of your closing costs with that. So if you're buying, just means you don't have to come up with that money. You can put it towards the down payment. Or if you're refinancing, getting some cash out, that means several thousand extra dollars cash out since you don't have to pay for the closing costs. So the rules are changing, loan limits are changing, and you're expecting interest rates to change. So everything is changing and it looks like it's all going to change in the next, what is it, 30, 60, 90 days? I don't know the timeline. Yeah, the new loan limits, uh, they were just announced last week. So the new conventional loan limit for 2022 is going to be $647,200. So that's up almost $100,000 from this year's limit. The good thing with LendRight Mortgage is you're not going to have to wait until January to lock in on those new higher limits. Right now, rates are still excellent, but they may not be so come January. So we can lock in those new limits at 647, 200 right now and get your rate in the twos on terms of 16 to 30 years and still get a rate in the ones on those shorter terms of 8 to 15 years. If you want to get a hold of Rod and find out more information and how your situation applies and what the best best path is for you, you can reach out to him right now at LendRightMortgage.com. Online at LendRightMortgage.com, or you can call him at 801-APPROVE. 801-APPROVE. Thanks, Rod. Thank you.